Hello and welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse and tonight's performance. I'm T.A. Newman, your host and keeper of Secret Santa. My team and I will be bringing to life scenarios using the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, which contains mature themes, cosmic horror, character death, and loss of sanity. Our mystery can be found in the Miskatonic repository, where people like you and me can write a scenario for others to play. We are proud to have this episode of the Miskatonic Playhouse sponsored by the Storytelling Collective, who provide an excellent course on scenario writing, which many of the team have taken to help improve their writing skills. We'd also like to thank Sirenscape, whose tools have helped provide the background sounds that you hear. Finding Dr. Breeze hiding upstairs, the investigators uncover an arcane text. Professor Goodall accuses Dr. Breeze of playing with dark powers and then finds himself doing the exact same thing. Lady Tillenforth pins Dr. Breeze to the door with Andrew Rincewind trying to free him, all leading to Krampus coming upstairs to wish our investigators a very merry Christmas. Now it's time to pull the last cracker and roll the dice. She's not hearing you. She's not hearing anything. All she's hearing in this moment is the professor saying, it's the spell, it's the spell, and you've got to read it backwards to undo whatever the thing is, and it'll make you. And Lady Tillenforth is just uh, just absolutely opposing everything the professor is okay, saying. I right passed now. my power roll for 32 out of 50, which is great. So I hold on to this. I feel a weird yeah. tingling. I don't care. I'm like, well, I guess I have to do this now. I don't care if I get shot. There's... I say it's coming and then I run with all my might on onto the door from wherever I am just to get in there to the mayor's office and get those guns. So you're going to run at the mayor's office again? Yeah, if they shoot me, they shoot me. There's, there's worse fate on the other, the other side. <laughs> Okay, um, so you uh, you run. Are you are you attempting to slam into yeah, it like you did before? Yeah, break that door. If I fail for the fourth time in eighty-five, then I, d I don't care honestly. <laughs> Let's have it. Let's have you uh, breaking down the door. Let's then. do it. You and you two. You see Andrew just run. Okay, I rolled a sixty-two. Over an eighty-five. Yes. Okay, finally, this strapping kind of physical specimen uh, with two very delicate sheets of paper in their hand runs across the landing area. Do you cast a glance to where the voice has been coming from? Or are you just head down charging? Oh yeah, I'm charging. You run, Professor, Lady, you see Andrew just run and you actually, the door's open enough for you to see. Uh, Andrew slams into the door. <laughs> the door slams open slaps open you hear a few voices going oh bloody hell oh my god you hear a gunshot she was waiting this whole time come on uh you hear a yeah you hear a kind of a gunshot uh andrew luckily for you professor and lady you don't know this but luckily for you the gunshot is just wide and almost up into the air like a panicked gunshot uh, a reactionary like ah, kind of gunshot the mayor is standing before you holding a pistol yeah. Everybody else in the room is kind of standing behind his desk. You've got these two sheets of paper. You've got a moment here. What do you do? Okay. I will say, it's coming right now. These these are the answer to what to what we need to do. Give me a gun. I have to hold it back. The door was never going to stop it. Don't be, don't be fools. Just please. The mayor's kind of standing there. I think you're going to need to give a persuade or an intimidate role here. What are you trying to do? Uh, persuade, I guess. I'm not that scary. I don't even have a weapon. Thanks. But I'm not good at social roles. Can I flex my muscles instead? Like, <laughs> You can't use a strength roll on this. And I mean, you can't. <laughs> unless you are physically doing something. I mean, if you just kind of walk in and just go, Can hey, I do 10 uh, push-ups? Gun. Gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can do that anyway. I'm not sure whether that's going to help or hinder. I'm going to say it's a persuade roll, but if unless you wanted to, no, I reckon give us a persuade roll for now. And then I think if, if there was anything after that, okay. then 
it would be in the reaction of the, the, the mayor and whoever else is in the room. I failed it, unsurprisingly. 51 out of 25. I don't have social skills. I'm more of a, a doer okay. than a talker. I know. He's based on me as a character. I, Did I you nickname playing. yourself the bull then? <laughs> Interesting. Maybe. So, <laughs> so the mayor's got this gun. He's pointing the gun at you. You come in the room and you say, Look, it's coming, it's coming. You, 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 you need to give me the gun. You need to do more than lock yourself in this room. And he kind of looks back and you can see that Lord Montgomery Blackwood's in there. There's one of the doctors that you kind of mentioned, saw earlier. There's the uh, uh, the German chap, uh, Klaus Haustrum's in there. And there's another, there's like another one or two younger individuals. There's a woman in there as well, uh, who looks you know, very well dressed. You've seen her with the mayor all evening. They're kind of standing there. There's five or six of them standing behind the desk. The mayor stands there with the guns going, oh, look, I'm not going to listen to you swatting in here, telling me what to do. Look, I'm the mayor, okay? So just, just, just close the door on your way out and, and deal with it, okay? Can I see any other guns or is it just the one he's holding? You can't see any other guns. This is England. Yeah, but you know, trophies, hunting, they're, they're fancy people. I'm sure they would have something. But Bull, I mean, you must, I, bet, I imagine you're really quick. I mean, surely it would just be easy to just grab that gun out of his hand. So easy. The one he's waving in your face. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask you, make me a luck roll. I'm not going to make anything very easy, but, you know, I think you know, the, the point of, the, the, there is a reason luck is there. <laughs> Let's go out of 30. But my starting <laughs> like, I don't spend any for this reason. I don't like, on a one shot, your characters can't have too high stats. 19 out of 20, end of 30. Oh, okay. Really. Okay, so I'm going to say then, what you can see Shotgun. is, you heard the mayor earlier tonight talking, he talked himself up on three stories. One was a golfing story, one was a fishing story, and one was a uh, clay pigeon shooting story. You see that there is a shotgun uh, on uh, uh, on the wall behind his desk. Now there is a mayor with a pistol and five or six individuals between you and said shotgun, but it's there. <laughs> there is a pistol in a hand waving in your face and a shotgun on the wall behind you. I'm glad I've helped you massively. Lady Tillenford, some help here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, we'll actually say in the time that it's taking you to come in here and bust the door down and warn them of this thing. So at the same time as this is happening, Lady Tillenforth and the Professor, you see Andrew run across the landing over and burst into that door. I also said it's coming on my way there, by the way, just, mm. just in case. She made, she made Christmas. <laughs> it's coming. Um, <laughs> I'm going to immediately resume my argument with Professor Tillenforth. No. Um, I think what I'll try and do is, is I don't know, try and convince them to help us a little bit, and I'll be like, I'm like, oh, Mr. Mayor, oh, thank God you're here to to help us. Oh, yes, we we need your help. Uh, yes, come on, please, please, Lady Tillenforth, please come come in here, hide in here. I need I need that shotgun. Yes, yes. Get, get me that shotgun, please. I'll go straight to the shotgun and I'll grab it um, off the wall and I'll throw it to oh. to Bull. Uh, the shells are in the desk. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that won't do much good on its own. But you listen to me, uh, Bull, Bull, Bull. Yeah, Bull, uh, you get out there and you put that bloody thing down. Yes, that's what I'll do. Now, why don't you give your gun to uh, Lady Tillenforce? She, she's been very good at weapons so far. <laughs> Delightful idea. And I'll just reach out and just try and just try and take it okay but not not forcefully just be like i expect that you will give me your gun <laughs> okay so i'm going to argue then there's two roles i'm going to say this now and be and regret this immediately afterwards when you go i know what i'm choosing if this is such a <laughs> reputational thing that you're taking i could argue here this might be a credit rating thing that you are so high society that that just assuming that the gun is yours to take out of the mayor's hand i think narratively that would make sense to me if you're that's happy with that what i was that's kind of what i was assuming as well and also just to point out by at this point lady tillingforth none of this is her fault she doesn't believe that any of the stuff with the knife and the door anything like that she's like she's like this is other people's fault she's just like you know going along probably right, crossed so... his fault <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um wow, okay yeah give us a credit rating otherwise and if you fail at that then you're gonna have to wrestle it i think 81 out of 65. Okay, yeah, you, you go for the gun, just kind of going, yeah, okay, yeah, give me the gun. He's just, I, I, no, a lady 
does not handle a weapon like this. This is for a man. Then come help us fight, man. Oh, no, no. I I will stay here and protect everybody else. Could I potentially push that credit rating (laughs) roll as opposed to another roll by stamping my foot and say, don't you know who my father is? Give me that gun, sir. Okay. I think that I've got a suitable uh, pushed negative uh, idea in my head. You may indeed. And I'm great at push rolls tonight, so let's see what happens. 60 out of 65. Oh, do you know, I had a bloody good failed push there as well. We deserve a win. <laughs> uh, but, I want, I want you, but I want you to succeed, so that's okay. Okay, yeah, you stamp your foot and you really you know, almost kind of like poke him in the chest. You know, don't you know who my father is? Don't you speak to me like that? And there's a moment of almost just confusion and societal like, oh, 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 you know, has he got it wrong here? As the mayor, has he made a blunder here in front of all of these important people? Uh, one of which is Klaus Hallstrom, who knows your father, and you are able to take the pistol from his hand. Uh, so you now have a pistol, a 38 pistol with five bullets because one was fired into the ceiling. I'd like to call the professor in here as well, if that's okay. Professor, come in here, and if you can drag Dr. Breeze, that'd be helpful too. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I heard that it, it's coming. Yeah. And then I saw uh, Lady Telling, I, I keep wanting to say Lady, Lady Telling Gast, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lady Cordelia, which is what her name is on the screen, which is what I can read and remember. Uh, Lady Cordelia runs off, and I hear some sort of altercation about, and I hear the word guns. Uh, so I grab Breeze, uh, I'm sort of manhandling, you know, <laughs> ag- agonizing. Shut, shut up, man! Shut up, man! Some backbone and um, shuffle across across the uh, the balcony kind of hallway to the other side to the mayor's office. Uh, I presume. I mean, I, I look. I do look because I mean, I've heard it's coming, and I want to know this. I'm about to walk straight into it. Do I look in the direction that, that I think this thing is from, from what I've heard? You do look, and you see this almost eight, nine foot tall, horrific, physically hunched, arms extended, black clawed skin, furred, but these yellow eyes with these slits, these inhuman goat eyes, they're on the side of its head, but just kind of moving independent of each other with these horns that twist and curl. You can see remnants of a of the black tie suit, a bit of a white collar here, a bit of a white cuff with a cuff link on one arm, just giving this inhuman look, this horrific remnants of humanity. Uh, you see it kind of come round. Now you do see as it comes round, one claw just kind of reach around. But in the other hand, you see that it's holding a piece of Cole? Guten Tag. (laughs) (laughs) Little boy, have you been good this year or have you been naughty? One hand free, the other hand holding breeze. I I reach into my pocket, pull out the lump of coal I snatch from the table and I, 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 with all my might, throw it because, you know, I, I... I was once, you know, part of the second 11 of Holmworth Cricket Club. <laughs> and I throw it into it, you know, trying in its face as I, as I, um, you know, say, go back, back to hell, you go on hell. Okay, let's have a throw roll. Ooh, ooh, ooh 12, which is a success. Uh, yes, I can, yes, a 12 success out of 20. Oh, bloody hell, okay, right. There's something that happens here then, Professor. But as it does, it winces and it covers its face with its paws. And as it does, it drops this lump of coal in in its hand, covers its face. But you see, Professor, almost the second it drops that lump of coal in its hand, it doubles over in pain. It drops to the floor, its claws slam into the floor, and its hand stretches out and reaches out and picks up that lump of coal again, at which point you see it take a knee, and the pain begins to subside. In that moment, whilst the um, whilst the, the Krampus uh, was, was in pain and reaching out across the floor, you think you heard some pops and snaps of the body. But as it grabs the coal, it gets its breath back and gets up to one knee and then looks up to where you are, Professor, standing near the mayor's door holding Dr. Jonathan Breeze as well. 
you get a look so it sees me and then then it's just my outline is like dive into the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah taking jonathan breeze with you or not yeah dragging breeze with me we just sort of land in the heat in the room and i shout out i you know i i I'm aware there's guns around. I say, shoot the coal, shoot the coal! It's like... <laughs> yeah, Andrew will go forward with a shotgun. I'm assuming that you filled it up during uh, Lady Tillenfall's conversation with the mayor. It's a double barrel shotgun, so you would have been able to put two shells. And put some more in my pockets, if there are any. I am shirtless, so I look very yes. cool. Oh, <laughs> you filled your trousers. Wow, this is turning into a Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Uh, excellent, we need to get those accents out later. And I'd like to give the professor back the papers on my way out in case he has something to do with them. <laughs> uh, so the professor's lying on the floor at your feet once again. <laughs> I'll just drop them on him like this and stuff and float. <laughs> it's like the professor's immediate safety response, isn't it? Just diving on the floor. So you give the professor the, the, the notes and the, the spell and you then walk out with the shotgun in a kind of slow motion, shirtless action scene moment. Uh, shotgun shells filling your pockets. Lady Tillenforth, what is it that you're doing? Uh, I guess she's going to go and join Gull and put the gun up, but she's going to say, who's Nicole? <laughs> why, are we, why are we shooting Nicole? Uh, and then I guess, I guess we're, and then we see Krampus for the first time. You are seeing Krampus for the first time. So in fact, actually, Professor, I'm going to ask you for a retrospective sanity roll on yeah. seeing such a horrific thing. And now Andrew and Lady Tillenforth will, uh, Nicole can wait. Could you guys make some uh, sanity roll for me, please, as well? We have seen Krampus before when it first formed, right? You have seen Krampus before. Yeah. You're actually right. So there isn't a sanity roll right here for that. You're absolutely right. God, if only you kept quiet, I could have just slowly drained more sanity away from you. Well, I just thought you were going to say another roll because he's now in your face. But okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pass the roll anyway. But okay. I, I have a feeling that there might that might be coming up. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Can I check? Are any doctors? in the room going to check on Dr. Breeze, any of the medical doctors. I don't know if Andrew can check that because Andrew's just walked out. I, I, on, on his way out, checking if anyone's going to. I'll, I'll give you one sentence, Andrew. What do you say as you leave the room <laughs> with your shotgun? I'll be back. I mean, there's a man bleeding on the ground. Does anyone, like, doctor, any doctor feel like that might be their responsibility? Or do, do I have to say, doctor, please, right here? <laughs> uh, you, you, no, nobody seems to be acting. No one seems to be making an action to go and help Dr. Jonathan Breeze. Can we get some medical assistance for Dr. Breeze? And then on the way out. And the, the people in the room tend to look at each other and you hear you hear the, the lady actually turns to one of the individuals that you didn't talk to down at the party and just goes, um, uh, doc, Dr. Weaver, could you not see to him? Dr. Weaver just goes, oh, uh, um, I suppose I could. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm a doctor. I'm not really a, a, a physician. I'm, I'm more of a, I mean, I'm a psychologist. I'm not a, yes, I suppose I can. <laughs> yes, uh, Dr. Breeze. What seems to be the matter? And he just kind of holds up his hand like, uh, uh. Yeah, I'm not going to sit and watch that. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you, you walk out as you hear that and then you just hear, oh my God. Uh, and you hear somebody else is making a sanity roll in the room. So, but, right, so you go out with your guns. Uh, Krampus is there. Krampus stands now. Uh, you see it standing from its, its knees. It's and it stands tall, you know, nine foot tall. This thing is standing there in one hand, holding this lump of coal, the other hand outstretched claws, <sighs> and it takes a step towards you. The people inside the room, Professor, that are around you, don't stay where they are. In fact, they pile out of the room in panic, in fear, and they swarm out away from, uh, not towards Krampus, they actually swarm out away from where Andrew and Lady Tillenforth have gone. So when they come out of the mayor's office, they take an immediate left and they're going around the back of the balcony so that they've got the, the big kind of uh, hole in the floor leading down to the ballroom between Krampus and them. And they, they kind of huddle over there. You've got the mayor there. You've got Dr. Weaver. You've got Klaus Halstrom. You've got three or four other individuals there. 
as Krampus kind of takes a step closer. And Professor, you are uh, lying on the floor in the doorway of the mayor's office. I'm, I'm just basically grabbing, reaching for the scroll, the spell, and grabbing that, and, and, and just contemplating how I can read this backwards, because I think that's the only thing. It's what the, the other notes seem to say, that it might reverse his summoning or something. And uh, I'm going to um, get ready to, but I'm kind of, I've now convinced myself that it won't work unless Krampus is, the coal is out of his hand and he's kind of diminished or something. In full power, the spell won't work in my head. So therefore I'm waiting for the, to hear the, uh, yes, we've shot the coal out of his hand. And then I will attempt to read the spell backwards is what I'm thinking. That's very, very optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you threw your lump of coal, didn't you? You threw it at Krampus. I did throw my lump of coal. It is, it is rolling around the floor. What are the words it uses for backwards versus forwards, exactly? Read the spell to enter solitude. Read it backwards to return to the world. Hmm. I wonder what the world is. The hell from where it came. <laughs> All right. So are we shooting? Tell me. You tell me. We got some hunting to do. Yeah, I'd like to aim for uh, if I, if I go out and there's uh, no one named Nicole, I'll aim for the coal. Okay, so you're aiming for the coal in Krampus's hand with the shotgun. Okay, could you give me a firearms rifle shotgun roll, please? Let's do it. That is a failure, as expected. Wouldn't, ex <laughs> wouldn't expect anything less. That's okay, they have one more shot. How, how bad a failure are we talking? Does anybody else lose a hand? What's going it's on here? It's a 74 out of 40, so not a terrible one. <laughs> okay, so shotgun comes up and the the, you know, the room echoes this, you know, you're in like a, a tiled wooden paneled kind of uh, room here. Yes, you've got the, the balcony there leading down so the sound can travel, but it's so loud, everybody gets this echoing uh, blast through their ears and the shot just kind of explodes into one of the paintings that's up on the walls by the side it's that Krampus then kind of looks towards you Andrew and kind of growls and then just goes with its really long extended claw just goes naughty naughty and takes another step and it is getting close now it you could see it could just dash at you if it wanted to but it is enjoying this it's got this horrifically large twisted grin with these kind of unaligned horrific teeth all overlapping and intertwined with each other but it's now very much aiming for you Andrew would anybody else like to do anything <laughs> Lady Cordelia is gonna <laughs> she looks at the creature she goes oh the coal and then tries to pop off uh, one shot with, with a pistol Okay, let's have a firearms handgun roll, please. Okay, so I have a base skill, but I do have 64 luck, which might come in handy. So let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to use 64 luck. Uh, I got 50. Is that worth 30 luck? Yes. You know what? Yes. <laughs> 30, 30 luck on that one to make wow, that a yes. regular okay. success. Now you have okay. more luck than me. Okay, okay. So what happens in this moment is... Cordelia, Lady Tillinforth, uh, you see uh, Andrew pull up the shotgun and <laughs> kind of fire hit the painting. You see Krampus just going, naughty, naughty, and it kind of steps forward, staring, eyes going wide, these these two eyes that are kind of twitching. You, Everybody behind you, behind the balcony on the side, screaming, ah, on this moment, you can see the odd person downstairs running as well. And then you just take a moment of calm. The pistol comes out, you take a second to aim, you fire. You shoot, you hit Krampus's hand, you hit the coal in Krampus's hand, the stone, the lump, the rock in Krampus's hand flies out and hits the wall behind and then falls to the floor. It's that moment where Krampus kind of turns back to you and takes a step towards you. And as it does, you hear pop, snap, ripping. Krampus drops toward me. And you hear it and then snap and ripping again, drops again. And there's this huge vomit of blood and intestines all over the floor. Krampus curls up into a ball and you see after a few seconds that it's not Krampus lying on the floor. It's the journalist, Joshua Christopher, who has not transformed completely back to himself. He is a ripped, torn and broken shadow 
of what he was, but he is recognizable. And he's lying in a pool of his own blood and intestines and, and, and anything else, viscera you can recognize that once was this journalist for the Holmworth Times lying on the floor. He isn't dead, but even with your limited experience in medicine, you can't necessarily recognize this as a young man who is going to survive the evening. So she's gonna, she's gonna be like, oh, good lord, good lord, and she's gonna race to him, uh, and and is, is gonna be like, what, what, what happened? Some, somebody help this man! And he's just. <laughs> I'd like to also race in that direction, but go to the coal and smash it into pieces with the back of my shotgun. Okay, give me a strength roll, please. To smash a piece of coal? Come on, man! <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> 81 out of 85. <laughs> you you lift the shotgun up, you slam it down. Clink! That's not a piece of coal. Oh. And it slides about a foot on the floor after you slam it. In fact, you tell me, I was about to offer you an opportunity to look at it. I think I know what it is. Is it a lump of obsidian? <gasps> Gasp. That sounds about right. Do you, and I'm going to use this in the most literal sense, do you look at it? I mean, I don't think I can't not look at a thing I'm trying to smash. It's okay. I am going to, um, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You see this stone that looks like a lump of coal, almost as black as obsidian, but not quite obsidian. I am going to ask you, as you're looking at it, and anybody else is welcome to look at it as well. I imagine the professor is out now looking around the scene as well and, and Lady Tillingforth and some of the, the mayor and those people are kind of coming around from the sides of the balcony and they're looking at the remains of Joshua Christopher and Dr. Jonathan Bree seems to have been forgotten about in the, in the, in the back room, just kind of lying on the floor, just uh, holding his hand here and whimpering. I'm going to ask you for a, and you're all welcome to do this if you are looking at this item, a, a spot hidden for me, please. I want to point out that my, if I do a sanity roll, it will be because of the title of what this rock actually is on, on roll 20. Ah, yeah, <laughs> quite right. <laughs> I rolled 80 out of 72 because that's my comfort zone. Ooh, okay. I can't see it. I think thing. my looks changed. My looks changed because I rolled a six. So. I'm not sure you want to succeed this spot hidden, to be honest. That's a good <laughs> point. Professor? Isn't the professor doing the spell? Uh, well, I'm about to, but I I actually rolled quite well. I rolled 10, and I have a 7 Cthulhu Mythos. Could I spend three looks to change my um, into a successful roll for Cthulhu Mythos rather than spot hidden? I love any opportunity to make a success out of this. So, yes, you can, absolutely. So, okay. we've got a... What did you roll, Lady Tillingforth, on your spot hidden? I rolled a 6 out of... 50, so extreme success. So an extreme success on a spot hidden and a success on a Cthulhu Mythos inspecting this item. So uh, I'm going to say two things kind of happen here. Firstly, after Andrew has clobbered it with the, the shotgun butt and it's rolled across the floor, you have all deduced, and Andrew, you have deduced as well, that this is not a piece of coal. This is not the same as the other pieces of coal that you all received and you felt those and you had the coal on your hands, the dust and etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Lady Tillenforth, when you look at this, and you can if you want to, look at it closely. Go on. Why not? You can see, if you actually click and enlarge the image, you can <laughs> see that within, there is a symbol engraved within one of the crevices. Oh. And that symbol is something you've seen before. Oh, that's a delicious little handout, isn't it? Yes. I've, I, uh, did I get a good look at the, the, the papers that the professor was looking at before? I, or, or on the, uh, the I definitely saw the spells, didn't I? So you might be able to connect it that you have seen that symbol on the spell. You know that there is a connection, obviously, between this item and that item and this spell and this whatever this is. And as you're looking at that and you see that, and you might even mutter those words aloud, the professor over your shoulder is looking at this and he looks at the lines, looks at the formation of this, not coal, 
not of rock, rocks don't fold and and extend. Professor, you've encountered objects like this in different shapes, forms, sizes. This is an intestine. Not only is it an intestine, but you can see with your successful Cthulhu Mythos role. And as you put together what you've read in those crumpled notes in the poems, what you've seen in the spell, how you've seen it react, you've seen in that horrific moment where Clarence Crofter was held, his top torso against the wall, and he was fed his lump of coal, that this intestine is something you have read about many, many years ago in a very obscure version of the story of Krampus, of which anybody who takes possession of Krampus's hunger, in this instance, his intestine, is driven to feed said hunger, to feed that hunger with the naughtiest actions of the naughtiest boys and girls, to punish them, and to sate their naughty boys and girls with said lumps of coals. You know this twisted mythos metaphor is not a metaphor, and that Krampus himself attempts to punish those who don't abide by the rules of Christmas by forcing them to eat their coal and sate their naughty needs. But you've also read something else about this goat-like creature. You've read about another goat-like creature, but at the time you didn't believe it was real. You've read about this creature that has birthed many, many young, and the descriptions of said young vary horrifically. But you have heard about this mother being described as the black goat of the woods. And once you read a bizarre piece claiming that Krampus was the child, the first child of such a horrific entity. And with that wash of knowledge that comes over you, Professor, you look at Andrew who's staring at this lump of coal, he presumes, that won't break on the floor. You look at Lady Tillenforth, who's looking closely at this symbol, and then looking at the sheet of paper in your hand that has the same symbol, and almost pointing between the two and connecting the dots. What is it you do? I pick up the the intestine, and I, I say, the, the obsidian foundation, that the symbol is the same. The, 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 this, this is, by my burgundy bow tie, this, this is, a lump of pure <laughs> evil. It must be. It cannot be. It cannot be held by 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 those who are weak and and, and, and the unlearned. I shall take it and put it to faith. As you say those words, can we slap it out of his hand, please? Oh, no. It cannot be held oh, by those unworthy. I'm going to ask you to make a power roll for me, please, uh, Professor. Was... By your burgundy bow tie. We're all going to get killed by Mike Mason. <laughs> and, uh, I uh, fail that significantly. <laughs> Professor, you feel a ridiculous pain in your stomach. Not only do you feel this incredibly... Oh my, I'm... I, I'm I, not quite sure how this has happened this evening. Uh, you feel this <laughs> horrific pain rip through your stomach. You actually clench the intestine in your hand tight, incredibly tight to the point where you think your fingers might even snap. But as you do, your intestines, your stomach just grips tight. You feel a hunger like you've never felt before. And as you do, you almost hunch over with the pain. And in that moment, you feel your ribs begin to widen. One of them pops. <gasps> Lady Tillenforth, Andrew, can I just ask what you might be doing in this moment? Tackling him and just slabbing <laughs> it out of his hand. <laughs> Shitting myself? <laughs> that also. Maybe Looking yeah. for a um, clean pair of pants. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, uh, yeah, trying to join Andrew in like basically just trying to get out of his hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask how you do this though, because I think there's, you know, you. you, you some dots are being connected, some are not, which is the fun of the game. What are you doing with the information you've got? I know that the Krampus was holding it 
And when dropped it, stopped being Krampus and the professor was not holding it and then he held it and now he's turning to Krampus. So that that's all the information is, that is needed here for me mm. to want to take it out of his hand. I've been told off for violence so far, but I am going to just try <laughs> with any means. Necessary. I'm going to try and get out. Like I'm going to grab his Bite arm. Bite his hand. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna bite his hand. I'm gonna bite, try and grab it, and I'm like, like everything I can to just like get it out. Right, get so to drop it. Lady Tillenforth, biting the hand and pulling the fingers back. Andrew, I'm gonna hold him down so he can't fight. Okay, I'm gonna ask for a contested strength roll between the professor and Lady Tillenforth, but Lady Tillenforth, you get a bonus die because Andrew is pinning slash holding the good professor down uh the mayor and everybody else are watching on just going what the bloody hell what are they doing oh my god just absolute chaos uh and you bet you are essentially writhing around in the remains of joshua christopher at this point as well but professor can i ask what your strength role was whether firstly whether it was a success or not okay, i'm about to make it my strength is 60 and i rolled 86 so a failure by 26 lady tillenforth well if you can believe it i got another hundred but then on my bonus die, I got a 30 okay. out of 45. I almost wish now there was no bonus there because this would have been <laughs> glorious. So in that moment, you get a Romy. So, so that would be 30 because you had 100 in you and we're changing the 10. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So in that moment, Professor, you're you're holding this. Ah, you've got it there. Lady Tillenforth biting your hand and pulling your fingers back, doing her best not to touch the actual thing. Andrew is holding you there. <laughs> and in that moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you pull that back. You're not able to hold on to the intestine, and it does ching 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 roll out of your hand and roll to the floor. Professor, one of your ribs has snapped out of place and it is now oh. protruding. Uh, yeah, it was it was in a in a in a state of reform within your body that wasn't quite going along with the rest of the process. So you are in uh, an excruciating amount of pain. You've all seen what happens if you touch the intestine. Do the spell or something, uh, Andrew says as he goes with a shotgun to shoot the piece of coal. The, the, the spell is probably you know I, I probably dropped the scroll with the spell oh. when I picked it up in inside the, the train. Hat. So he's lying on that. But I, I, I'll just point, <laughs> just pointing at this piece of paper. Dear boy, get the shotgun onto that thing. That's what I'm doing. You get the spell. Read it or something. Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pick it up. I, I'll pick it up. And uh, so we're going to... So there's, there's three things happening. The professor is essentially trying to hold his rib back in his body. Andrew is going to shoot point blank the intestine. And Lady Cordelia, Tillin Forth, is reading the spell. Could I have a... Actually, I think... Professor, can you give us a first aid roll for yourself? A uh, bit of self-medication here. Andrew, could you give us another shotgun roll? And Lady Tillenforth, could you explain to me what it is that you're doing with the spell? Do you get a bonus die because it's like the point is blank it can be? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> well, I, I'll go with that. Sure, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Um, I guess like after what hearing what the professor's said, she's going to take a stab at just reading that spell backwards. Okay. I rolled a zero three. I failed my first stage, so I just ride in agony. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I think it's good, good, it's, the screens are probably a really good accompaniment to the the, the reversal reading yeah. of the spell. You know, absolutely. Help. If you want to scream out while I read this thing backwards, then <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, so in this moment. Then what you've actually got is. Um, you've got the, the the presser just kind of almost kind of pushing the rib almost trying to push it back in and it kind of clicks but doesn't go back in it's like oh god a real kind of scream of pain you've got andrew what did you have on your shotgun roll i rolled a three out of 40 so that's an extreme success oh, oh, oh. Andrew, you put the barrel <laughs> on the intestine and you pull the trigger and there is a an explosion as the gunpowder ignites and fires the shot down and the shot hits the intestine and what a waste. <laughs> the intestine the intestine slides across the floor, hits the skirting board and pings off, and it's essentially just on the floor. It is not shattered, cracked, uh, anything, from what you can see from the distance you're at. Lady Tillenforth, you begin uh, reciting the spell backwards. Could you give me a power roll, please? Uh, yes. Uh, that is a 39 out of 70. I'll spend... I'll spend four luck to make that a hard. 
Okay, nice, okay. Uh, so actually, as you spend that luck, you make that a hard success. You're reading the spell backwards and it takes a few minutes. So we'll come back to you in a second, but it means that you do take the time to read the spell as written backwards carefully. You're not rushing it. You're not doing anything else. You are reading it backwards. You're reading it carefully. You are taking the time that's, that's needed to do this, okay? At this point, uh, the mayor and the others, they start to come around and they're filing around and you know, one of them goes to the you know, Dr. Jonathan Breeze, like, oh my God, man, are you okay? Come here, come here. Uh, and the mayor kind of comes up to you, Andrew. Uh, I'm assuming we're, we're, we're done. We're okay. We can get the get the bloody hell out of here. What the, I mean, Jesus Christ, what the, just, I mean, what the hell? What was it? Uh, I would get out of here if, if I were you. Right, come on, come on, <laughs> everybody out, 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 everybody out. Uh, and they all kind of begin moving past and, and kind of walking through. Andrew, what is it that you're doing as they're kind of moving through and walking past? Professor's on the floor with a broken rib, Lady Tilling Forthy reciting the spell. I am guarding this intestine. Like I'm just like <laughs> like this and it's behind me making sure no one looks at it or touches it while everyone evacuates the building. I can't have anyone else touching it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, nice. Uh, Professor, what is it that you do? I'm in agony. Yeah. But I am going to basically crawl back to the office <laughs> to where Breeze is lying. Uh, my intention is to bother him Basically, he's the cause of all of this and can't be allowed to get away with it. He he knows things man was not meant to know and therefore, you know, there must be repercussions as far as I can see. And you you see him there and he is just, you know, he's, he's still holding his hand. You can see that the blood is soaked into Andrew's shirt that is wrapped around his hand and that's basically, he's holding like a ball of, of kind of cotton blood around his hand there and he's just kind of like you know, he's just kind of almost shaking a bit very pale <laughs> i didn't mean to do this i mean i, I meant for it but i didn't think that it would it happen like this and i, I just I, I, the bastard mayor he walks out of this again it was meant to be him it was meant to be him i i reached my hands towards him you know, and I, I go to sort of grab the arm of the hand that's split. And instead of grabbing the arm, I pull my hands back and hold on to the hand that's wrapped up. And I squeeze very tightly. <laughs> whisper in his ear, meddling with the powers of darkness, real, it's your undoing. As I squeeze as hard as I can to <laughs> Goes unconscious, ideally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, oh. It just kind of slumps against the side. Absolutely. You do have, uh, with that, Professor, you've got... You know, you, you kind of searched for his bag earlier. It was a quick search. His bag's there, his suit's there, his pockets are there. You know, that he is this now incapacitated individual uh, before you, and there is nobody else in the room. It's just you and him. Okay, I, I will, with the you know, best I can, do a, a more thorough search of his bag and his person in case there's anything that's significant that I missed the first time and, and you know in case he's got the uh the magic wand that says stop all evil by doing that <laughs> or whatever it is you look in his, his bag's pretty empty it was it was it's just something that he was kind of you know holding on to but you do kind of pat him down and as, as you do kind of pat him down there is something in his his, his kind of breast pocket of his jacket that you find uh, reach in with my bloodied hand and pull out whatever it is you find that it's a folded telegram now you made a success with your mythos role earlier didn't you yes yes i'm going to it was was your mythos seven yeah so i'm gonna firstly ask you to with the current experience you've had and the momentary initial begin of a transformation, as well as engaging with the spell and the language, I'm going to ask you to, to make that a 10 rather than a 7. And then okay. I'm going to ask you to make a mythos roll with a bonus die. Okay. Oh, uh, um, 31. Now, 
I've got 10. If I spend, I, <laughs> I have exactly 21 luck. If I spend all of it, I can make a successful <laughs> roll, which is what I'm going to do. If you have zero luck, don't you just die? <laughs> no, you just out of luck. You get hit by a piano instantly, <laughs> I assumed. Everything bad is going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen to me, yeah, sure. But Which means in a minute, he gets a paper cut from the telegram, gets sepsis, and he goes horribly wrong. Yeah. We just need to stay away from him. And then when it's a group luck roll, <laughs> we're not involved. That's all um, we do. I mean, what role? <laughs> you're not with me. The telegram you read, when you're able to translate this, you're able to translate it into Shubnigarath the black goat of the woods with a thousand young, be my mother. Let me sup from the breast that gave life, be my mother. Bring me home to the womb, be my mother. I am yours, you are mine, be my mother. And this is written on a, this, this, this telegram was sent as a telegram. Was it? It was sent as a telegram. And, and, can I can I determine that it was sent to Breeze, or did Breeze somehow send it? This is a copy, or this was sent to Doctor Jonathan Breeze, and the person or persons it was sent from, you can only deduce as the Obsidian Foundation. The dastardly Obsidian Foundation strikes again. <laughs> Why I order? is a phrase I like said at least once a year somewhere in the world. Lady Tillenforth, you are at this moment, as the professor is reading this telegram and putting, uh, let's say, literal and significant and metaphorical pressure on Dr. Jonathan Breeze, teaching him a certain lesson, you are continuing to read this spell. Just as you're beginning to, to get to the end of the spell, I'm going to ask you to make another power roll for me. I want to squeeze as much as I can out of you in terms of power rolls. Andrew, I'm going to ask you what you're doing at this moment. The last of the guests are beginning to move downstairs. Uh, so I got a 34 out of 70. So that's a hard success again. Fantastic. Okay. I will, I will t explain the results to you in one second. Andrew, what is it that you're doing as you see the last of the guests move downstairs? I guess I think I would probably keep an eye and ear out for the effects of whatever Lady Tillingforth is doing in case it's something goes wrong or like I, I just want to be very aware of my perimeter in case the spell causes something that's not supposed to happen or presents some danger that I need to be ready for. I refill the shotgun as well. Reload yeah, the, the, the shotgun, watching Lady Tillenforth. Uh, it's something quite wonderful. And Professor, if you're done in the room, you'll catch the end of this as uh, Lady Tillenforth is reciting the spell backwards. You'll recall when the Professor read the spell in a linear fashion, there was a radial effect that spanned out from the spell, almost something almost on the on the verge of being a, a, a visual ripple that you could see you could feel it more than see it but it rippled out in this case with lady tillenforth reading this backwards you almost now feel that you can and this is a feel just as you can just about see on the visual spectrum this ripple coming back into the spell and there's almost this sense of a claustrophobia this sense of a closure just rippling back into the spell. And as Lady Tillenforth reads the last words in this spell, reading it backwards, reading the words Shubnigarath backwards, it just... And this echo, this vacuum of sound just... disappears. And there's a moment when you look around to each other. You hear a car horn outside. You hear the people moving downstairs. It's almost as if someone has turned up the volume or removed earplugs, or you've taken your head from being out of underwater. But you feel as if something has been lifted. Is that, is that, can I hear the, can I hear the Christmas carolers in the street singing, good, good King Restless? <laughs> in the far distance, you might get a, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Young we boy, what day is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually December 5th. It's a bit early. 
<laughs> and there is a moment where you stand there, the three of you stand looking at each other. You have the body of Joshua Christopher, once transformed into this horrific Krampus monster, now transformed back into the remains, the, the guttural remains of what could be after such a horrific move. You have uh, Dr. Jonathan Breeze, only known to one of you uh, as to why he's recently passed out, but passed out on the floor of the mayor's office. You have Lady Tillenforth standing, holding these arcane scriptures and notes. You have Andrew, the bull Rincewind, holding a shotgun reloaded, but guarding a stone, an intestine on the floor. And the good professor crawling out from the mayor's office and looking to the other two of you. In that moment, I'm going to ask, are there any last words or actions you do or have before we conclude this session? Well, Lady Cordelia is going to take that spell and just rip it up into tiny pieces. Uh, I was going to say, ideally before that, Andrew wanted to test holding that rock to see if it still works. Because what are we going to do with it? Someone's going to have to pick it up to take it somewhere and lock it in a safe or something. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Professor, what is it that you'd like to do? I hear this sort of discussion about picking up the stone. I crawl over and uh, I, funnily enough, still have my hat on after all this happened. I don't know how, <laughs> but my hat's still on. I put the hat over the stone and do a, a careful scoop. <laughs> in my hat. Andrew, you see the stone being scooped into the hat after diligently kind of protecting it and guarding it. Do you allow the professor to do this? I tell him, uh, I basically hold on to both of his wrists and look at him for approximately like two minutes <laughs> as yes, he has the, <laughs> the stone in his hat and he holds on to it <laughs> just to see if anything happens. And in the in the the stone in the hat, uh, scooped up, nothing happens. It's just a stone okay. in a hat. It's a fossil in a hat. I guess we just have a very intimate moment of staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what? what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Okay, you have this uh, beautiful moment where you stare into each other's eyes and wait to see what happens. And whilst the intestine, the stone, the fossil is in the hat, nothing happens. But you are aware, and you three alone have this deep-seated, horrific knowledge that if that stone does make contact with a human's hand, something terrible will happen. Is it just tonight? Is it just in this month? Is it just in the Christmas season? We'll have to wait until next year to find out. And on that note, thank you very much, investigators. You have, I, I am so bloody surprised, survived the night. <laughs> wow. This is the, mo the most unique running of Secret Santa I've ever done. Absolutely amazing. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Keeper. Great fun, great fun. And I will say, because of the nature of the way you played, and we're gonna do a quick round table in a second, just just one thing that we've all kind of enjoyed as we played this. I don't think I've ever played this. And I know because of the the the, the poor roles that we did. <laughs> This is going to be a compliment. <laughs> there is usually such a significantly higher body count. So I am so impressed at the way that you dealt with things and that you, you navigated around that. What we'll do is just so there's no surprises and shocks to you. Pete, we'll start with you if that's okay. Then we'll come around to Phaedra. Then Mike, we will come to you. Uh, and then we'll swing around to me with my uh, last thoughts before we wrap up here. So just a little round table on something we uh, enjoyed or, or you know something we kind of, I don't know, uh, got the most out in, in today's session session for secret santa so pete over to you uh yeah i mean the whole it's hard to pinpoint one thing because we all performed so poorly it was <laughs> <laughs> it was really but like i thought the setting was great i thought the characters was great especially like i mean going into a room with so many characters it's quite difficult i think to orientate yourself but it it, it was really good of having like really good characters who really sort of stood up that you could go and interact with and and, and your role playing obviously brought it to life yeah, I thought, I don't know, just, just really, really good. Really, um, the Christmas theme stayed on through. And I just love that sort of connection to the H.P. Lovecraft stuff with Krampus. 
lovely, really nice. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Phaedra? Of course, echoing all the kind of general greatness of the scenario, but I wanted to specifically say an eldritch horror with a creepy German accent wishing me Merry Christmas and calling me naughty was, was a thing I didn't know I needed in my life. <laughs> no, I didn't know I needed it. But here we are. That That is going to stick with me for a while and I think I am going to have christmas dreams about it so thank you thank you for that <laughs> excellent excellent well i'm glad we can i'm glad we can contribute towards that um <laughs> mike over to you yeah i mean i too i really enjoyed the the christmas theming and uh and as I say, it's very easy to kind of start the scenario with the christmas theme and then it kind of kind of gets forgotten as the scenario goes on but it, but it was really good to have it kind of all the way through and obviously with the the krampus kind of you know and Christmas thing helped immensely. Uh, I, I particularly uh, enjoyed the mayor's performance. I thought the mayor was a great <laughs> NPC, and I and, and also uh, uh, when Andrew Winswind took a moment to pause before going out to shoot the monster that was coming towards him, but would you know, would not leave the room until somebody <laughs> did, did the first aid on that van. <laughs> Very, uh, no, yeah, very, very caring, and all I could think at the time, and I, I, I wouldn't voice, but uh, all I could think, but he's the he's the one who did it all. Not him. You should be shooting him, not helping him. Kill him. <laughs> nice. It was uh, yeah, a lot of fun and uh, great playing with everyone. It's great, great, uh, a great bunch of you. It was uh, good fun. Yeah, good fun. Thanks, Mike. Oh, thank yeah. you, Mike. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, from me, from a keeper point of view, um, uh, and very selfishly having written this scenario, it, it, it's, it's, I think there's always a bit of self-indulgence running your own scenario, and I've really loved it, playing it with you guys. Uh, I have run it a few times, I have to say this has got to be, the, the, I think the thing I've enjoyed the most was the failed roles, the, the pushes, that it, because it, <laughs> I don't know, I think as a keeper, what does that make you come up? You, you, you have to kind of come up with stuff, don't you? And I think that's really like, good fun. Yeah. It was like the Three Stooges versus Krampus <laughs> at times. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. But, and I, I have to say, there was, uh, I think I was describing some rather uh, horrific, uh, violent moment. And I think there was a consistent look of disapproval across your faces. And uh, Phaedra specifically just kind of going, oh God, no. That's when you know you're getting a pushed roll description right. I think, I think, uh, I think that's when you know you're getting one right. I, I did love the... Uh, Lady Tillenforth, I'm just going to give him a stab in the leg to stop him from running away, which turned into a, his half, yeah. his hand has been cut off. She was very knife happy, <laughs> especially with herself as well. So, you know, but also just a quick little sort of like, you know, RIP to, <laughs> to Stu. So that was the uh, other and, thing and, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, for rough. me as a keeper, yeah. Um, Stu, who played Clarence Crofter, just uh, for me, I think there's a level of, uncertainty and excitement and you never want to do this to an investigator but when an investigator dies i think for the remaining investigators i could be wrong but i think you kind of go oh crap yeah no no it's great i mean it, it, i mean i you know it, obviously we ended at that point as a cliffhanger you know between our two sessions and, and it was a great obviously a great ending because you know one of the best i i have to say when we you know started to play second session tonight and Stu wasn't here. <laughs> it kind of hit me that, oh, oh, he's really dead. Yeah, okay. yeah. Consequences. We, we, we take it very seriously at the playhouse. <laughs> and he's never allowed back on the playhouse again. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You're done. It's, it's, it's like a winner stays on scenario. Um, yeah, no, and, and thank you, Stu. You were absolutely amazing as well. Um, uh, Pete, thank you very much. Paige, thank you very much. Mike, thank you so much for joining us for our Christmas uh, special. Absolutely amazing to have you with us. So for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us as well. This has been fantastic. We've really enjoyed playing it. We hope you've enjoyed listening. And if you would like uh, your Miskatonic repository scenario to feature on the Miskatonic Playhouse, get in touch with us, www.miskatonicplayhouse.com. Get in touch, let us know with our Discord, our Facebook, or just you know, get in those conversations on the Miskatonic repository, uh, on the Chaosium kind of you know, Facebook pages, get in those communications, get in those conversations and let us know. So thank you very much. And I think the only thing left for us to do guys is to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry so, Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Christmas. 
That concludes Secret Santa by T.A. Newman, now available as print on demand. Look out for the Inside the Mind interview coming soon. And thank you for joining us. I hope you'll visit the sponsors of this production, The Storytelling Collective, about which you can find out more on our website, www.miskatonicplayhouse.com, with links in the show notes. Thank you also to Sirenscape for their sound design tools, and of course, thank you to the team working behind the scenes at the Miskatonic Playhouse, and thank you for being a wonderful audience. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The management does request that any Krampus innards found in the auditorium are not to be given as gifts next year. Until next time, when the curtain rises again.